The British Israel Church of God presents The Watchman Program The Watchman says Watch World News Watch Europe Watch China Watch Middle East The Watchman unlocks all Bible prophecy From the past, the present And the world to come And now Evangelist and commentator Peter Salemi Greetings again, everyone. This is Peter Salemi, and welcome to the Watchman Program. Many ministries and many evangelists and other would-be prognosticators and prophets have been speculating lately about where the beast would rise. Which country in Europe, specifically, will the beast rise out of? Many people have been speculating about the prophecies of the Bible speaking of the beast and who and what is the beast. People speaking about the Antichrist or the beast. What nation will this beast or Antichrist, what nation will he rise out of? I find it interesting when you look at history that Germany has really been dominating Europe especially back in the Middle Ages, and then in World War I. And then out of the ashes, out of the rubble, dominated Europe in World War II, and almost took over the world. Was this close from taking over the world with the access powers of Berlin, Rome, and Japan? Germany has been dominating Europe. They have dominated Europe since the Middle Ages, since Otto the Great. The many of the Germans have dominated not just Germany, but Austria, and the Austrians are, of course, akin to the Germans, and not just in Austria, but in uh, northern Italy, in France, other places. The Germans have dominated that continent of Europe. Why do people speculate? The biblical prophecies plainly show that Germany will be the nation in which the Antichrist will rise. When we look at the prophecies of the Bible, we see a nation that is going to rise, that is going to dominate the Middle East, that is going to dominate Europe, and a nation that will put the Israelitish peoples, and of course when I mean the Israelitish peoples, I am speaking of the house of Israel, meaning primarily England and the Scandinavian peoples. These nations will come under the domination of the beast. And also, the house of Judah. Many people do not realize that we see in the Bible, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, the completely separate national histories of the house of Israel to the north and the house of Judah to the south. And we see separate dynasties of kings. And we see Israel at war against the Jews in 2 Kings 16.6. The house of Judah, the Jews, are separate from the house of Israel. And those Israelites of the house of Israel went up through the Black and the Caspian Sea and scattered and fled up into the, through the Crimean Peninsula and they went up into Scandinavia and Britain. And there they are today. And the prophecies of the Bible speak of the house of Israel under slavery and captivity. European Israel. Under a nation 
called Assyria. Now, the nation of Assyria disappeared after the Babylonian uh, nation dominated the Middle East and took the Jews, the Babylonian nation took the Jews, the house of Judah, away to Babylon for 70 years. And, of course, some of the Jews, the house of Judah, came back and, of course, colonized Palestine once again. But what happened to the nation of Assyria? There are prophecies in the Bible that plainly show that end time Assyria will dominate and put the house of Israel in slavery and captivity and will come into the land of Palestine and put the Jews under the same condition of slavery and captivity. What happened to the nation of Assyria? It is a cornerstone of many of the biblical prophecies of the end time. When we understand who the nation of Assyria is in the end time, we can understand major prophecies that are going to happen in the near future. In the next, possibly, two years. After that 70-year prophecy of Tyre, end time Tyre, where God said 70 years would pass, and then... The city of Tyre, which is the city of Rome, will start committing fornication with the nations of the earth once again. Well, that's going to happen when Rome fell in 1944, 70 years later, of 360 days as a year. We count and we come to 2013. That city of Rome, the city of the Pope, that woman will start to commit fornication with the nations of the earth once again. She is a widow, but she says, I shall no longer be a widow, nor shall I suffer the loss of children. Isaiah, the 47th chapter. We will see a marriage take place between the city of Rome, the woman, the church, Vatican City, with a nation called Assyria. There's only one nation that calls itself the fatherland. There's only one church that calls itself a mother and it will be an unholy marriage and she will ride that beast once again is the nation of Assyria the nation of Germany let's go into the biblical prophecies and see and look into history and see what happened to the nation of Assyria after the Babylonians came and conquered Assyria the Bible says this in the book of Nahum in the third chapter, verse 18, it says, Thy shepherds slumber, O king of Assyria. Thy nobles shall dwell in the dust. Thy people is scattered upon the mountains, and no man gathers them. So after Assyria got conquered by the Babylonians, the Assyrians were scattered upon the mountains. Those are the mountains between the black and the Caspian Sea, the Caucasus Mountains, between the Black and the Caspian Sea. And there they are. Now, does secular history pick up where the Bible leaves off? Let's go into secular history and take a look at what the historians said, the ancient historians, and what they said about the peoples that were dwelling between the Black and the Caspian Sea. In 550 BC, Periplus wrote, the coast of the Black Sea is called Assyria. And then in the time of Christ, 
The Roman naturalist Pliny the Elder recorded that the Assyrians were now dwelling north of the Black Sea, and that's in Natural History, uh, page 183. By this time, by the time of Christ, the Assyrians were moving north through the Black and the Caspian Sea. Then Smith's uh, Classical Dictionary says this plainly, there can be no doubt that they, meaning the Assyrians, migrated into Europe from the Caucasus and the countries around the Black and the Caspian Sea. And that's on page 361 under the article Germania. Now it's interesting that the tribes of the Assyrians were called the Chatti, the Alamanni, are just a few of, of the names of the Assyrians, the Tungri, the Treveri, and these were the main tribes of the Assyrians. And the Chatti were, the, of course, the ancestors of the Hessians, and we all know about the Hessians and, and what they did in the past. And the Alamanni, and this is what the Germans, or rather the Spanish, call the Germans, and those are one of the tribes of the Assyrians. So these four tribes migrated into Central Europe and settled in Germany. So those are the migrations of the Assyrians. They went up through the Black and the Caspian Sea and settled in Germany. And there they were called the Germani by the uh, Romans, which just means war men. The Assyrians didn't call themselves the Germans, the Germani. Uh, the Britannica points out there is no evidence that the Germani ever used was ever used by the Germans themselves. According to Tacitus, it was first applied to the Tungri, whereas Caesar records that four tribes were collectively known as the Germani, meaning war men. This is what the Romans called themselves, uh, called the Germans. Now I want to quote, quote to you from one more source by Stephen Collins' book, which I recommend to many, uh, a lot of people. I've recommended this book to a lot of people. The Lost Ten Tribes of Israel Found by Stephen M. Collins. And he says this on page 342 about the Assyrians. It says, The Assyrians were a militaristic and warlike nation. Strabo records that the Carmanians, and that's he thinks that this name of the Carmanians, the Romans picked up that name and then just called them the Germani or the Kermans were a warlike people. Also interesting is the fact that Strabo records that in an area of Asia Minor into which Assyria had moved the whole whole populations was named Prusia when Hannibal, the Carthaginian in the 2nd century BC, was defeated by the Romans. He fled to Armenia and was given refuge by a king, Prusias. Were the residents of the Prusia called Prussians? If we see in their name the ancestry ancestors of the warlike Prussians who later settled in eastern Germany, it is possible that they were the descendants of the Assyrians who had been settled there during a serious peri period of dominance in that region. And he has a lot to say here about the um, Germans being the Assyrians. And it is plain 
when you look at the migrations of the Assyrians, the tribal names of the Prussians and so on, and when, of course, we know of the Prussian Empire that happened in World War I, the Prussians who almost dominated in World War I, of course, were defeated, and then the Assyrians or the Germans came back in World War II and dominated again and were defeated again, and here again in this modern world, who dominates Europe today? Switzerland? Spain? Portugal? No. It is Germany, once again, that dominates Europe. It is in them. They dominate wherever they go. The Assyrians are a militaristic people. And they dominate. They dominated the Middle East when they settled there. They migrated up into Central Europe. And they dominated Europe ever since they settled in Europe. We look at the empires of Otto the Great. The Habsburgs. The Prussians. Hitler with Mussolini. The Germans are the end-time Assyrians that we read of in the prophecies of the Bible. Now, before I go on, I want to offer you a free booklet called Germany in Prophecy that you can log on to our website at uh, BritishIsrael.ca and you can Google, or you can Google the British Israel Church of God, go to log on to our website and you can download absolutely free of charge our booklet, Germany in Prophecy. And we identify for you the beast and what nation that beast will come out of and that nation is is the nation of Germany. Bill Pizzinas will tell you how you can obtain that free literature if you want to write to us instead of logging on to our website. To get your free CD-ROMs, please write to us at British Israel, Church of God, 171 West Barbara Avenue, Parump, Nevada, postal code 89060. Or log on to our website at www.britishisrael.ca. All right, and you can get that literature absolutely free of charge. Log on to our website at britishisrael.ca. British-Israel.ca, or you can Google the British Israel Church of God. All right, let's go on to some of these prophecies in the Bible, some of these end-time prophecies, and it speaks of the Assyrian of course, who leads the Assyrian nation. And it says in Isaiah the 10th chapter, clearly an end-time prophecy. The end-time, and of course, it goes into, it continues in Isaiah the 11th chapter into the second coming of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Verse 5 of Isaiah the 10th chapter, it says this, O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger, and the staff in their hand is mine indignation. I will send him against an hypocritical nation. Of course, that is speaking of Israel, European Israel, hypocritical, who say they are a Christian nation, Christian people, yet are far from being Christian. They don't keep the commandments of God. They don't care for the Ten Commandments of God. The churches are empty in Scandinavia and Britain. They have no time for God, yet they call themselves Christian. They are a Christian people. A hypocritical nation. Against the people of my wrath will I give him a charge to take the spoil, to take the prey, 
and the tread them down like mire in the streets. Now that's speaking about Britain and Scandinavia, Sweden, Finland, Norway. God is speaking to the peoples of Israel. He is going to use the Assyrian, the German nation, and it will be a ten-nation combine, probably called the United States of Europe, and it will be a church-state government, and they will dominate Europe, and they will put European Israel under its yoke. Now let's skip on to verse 20. It says, It shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as are escaped out of the house of Jacob shall no more again stay upon him that smote them, that's the Assyrian, but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel in truth. The remnant shall return, even the remnant of Jacob, unto the mighty God. Isaiah the ninth chapter, verse 6. Of course, it is speaking of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the Americans are not immune to this, even though, as we've mentioned in other broadcasts, that China will invade the United States of America and Canada, Australia, New Zealand. The Americans that are in staged in Europe right now and eventually into Palestine will be under the yoke of the Assyrian those uh, American soldiers that will be stationed in Europe, in Israel, and that are stationed in Europe, they will be under this yoke of the Assyrian. But Europe will not attack the United States of America. Ezekiel the 38th chapter plainly shows that that will be done by Gog of the land of Magog, which we have identified as China. And you can read that on our website as well. All right, let's go back to Isaiah, the 10th chapter. It says this in verse 24, Therefore, thus says the Eternal of hosts, O my people that dwell in Zion, that's the temple of God, in Palestine, in Judah, God speaking about his people Judah and Israel. And Micah, we'll go to Micah a little later in the program and show you that the Assyrian will attack the Middle East. O my people that dwell in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. He shall smite thee with a rod. He shall lift up his staff against thee after the manner of Egypt. That's slavery and captivity. That's the condition that the Israelites were in in the book of Exodus of slavery and captivity. And the Assyrian is going to do it again in the end time. It says, For yet a little while, verse 25, And the indignation shall cease, and mine anger in their destruction. The destroying of the beast that we read of in Revelation, the 17th, 18th, and 19th chapters. The Lord of hosts shall stir up a scourge for him according to the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb, and as his rod was upon the sea, so shall he lift it up after the manner of Egypt. That is the rod of correction. God is going to use the Assyrian to correct his people Israel. And it shall come to pass in that day, verse 27, that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder, and his yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Isaiah, the 47th chapter, verse 6, shows that the 
daughter of Babylon, puts the yoke heavily on the Israelites. And that daughter of Babylon is the Roman Catholic Church. It'll be a church-state government with the Assyrian marrying the woman. And we see in Revelation, the 17th chapter, a woman riding the beast. And that seventh head, that seventh resurrection of that beast, will come to pass, and it will be another unholy marriage between the Catholic Church and the beast. Now, in Isaiah, the 11th chapter here clearly shows the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is a continuation of the 10th chapter, and it speaks of the description of Jesus Christ as he comes with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked, and he does that to the beast in Revelation, the 19th chapter, and the false prophet. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and so on, verse 6. The cow and the bear shall feed together. And it says, verse 9, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the eternal, as the waters cover the sea. Obviously, a picture of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And, of course, the holy mountain is the kingdom of God. You can read that in Isaiah, the second chapter. Then it says, that in that day a root of Jesse, speaking of Jesus, shall stand like an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. That's the millennial rest of a thousand years, the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ. Verse 11, it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Eternal shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. Now, before I go on, Notice God says it's the second time. Now, many people believe that the house of Israel came back because they lump all the Israelites as Jews, and they came back from Babylon to the land of Palestine. Many people believe that all the 12 tribes were dwelling in Palestine, in Palestine at the time of Christ. They don't believe in what we call British Israelism that the house of Israel never returned to the land of Palestine. Now, think of it for a minute. If the house of Israel returned, and they're all Jews, and they returned to the land of Palestine, then shouldn't this read the third time? Think of it. Israel came into the land of Palestine the first time under Joshua, then the second time, from the Babylonian captivity, and here at the second coming of Christ, it should, shouldn't this say the third time? But it doesn't say the third time. It says the second time. The house of Israel never returned. They went in under Joshua, and then God scattered, scattered them all over Europe and never returned to Palestine. But it says here, the second time at the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the house of Israel never returned to Palestine with the Babylonian Jews. Or this would say the third time. So, let's go on here. The second time to recover the remnant of his people which are left from Assyria. The Assyrian nation. They are under the yoke of the Assyrian and from Egypt, and they are 
in a alliance with Egypt when you look at some of the other prophecies. And of course, we see the miry clay phase, which is the last phase of the Roman Empire, where we see Europe in alliance with the Hamitic nations, which are the miry clay nations, and of course, Egypt is a descendant of Ham and Pathros, and from Cush, which is Africa, which we have said are the miry clay nations, from Elam, which is modern-day Serbs and Croats and Poland, and from Shinar, which is Italy, from Hamath and the islands of the sea. And here we see the second exodus that is happening here with Ephraim and Judah coming back to the land of Palestine and taking back all their land from the Philistines, which is another Hamitic nation. These are the Palestine people today that live in Gaza, from Edom, which is Turkey, Moab and Ammon, which is Syria, and modern-day Jordan. And God says here, There shall be a highway for the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria, verse 16, like it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of, out of the land of Egypt. This is the second exodus that God is going to perform at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now in the book of Micah, we see the in the fifth chapter, we see the prophecy of the birth of Christ, verse 2, But thou, O Bethlehem Ephrata, through thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee, shall he come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth has been from old, from eternity, or everlasting, and of course, Jesus Christ is from eternity, because he is God. Then it says in verse 5, it says, And this man, all scholars will tell you, that this is speaking of Jesus Christ, and this man shall be the peace, and of course he is called the Prince of Peace, in Isaiah the ninth chapter, when the Assyrian shall come into our land, and we shall tread in our palaces, then shall we raise against him seven shepherds and eight principal men. And they shall waste the land of Assyria with the sword, and the land of Nimrod in the entrances thereof. Thus shall he deliver us, that's Jesus Christ, and this is a dual prophecy, from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and he treads within our borders. So we see the Assyrian coming into the land of Palestine and treading down the land and treading down the borders and of course occupying the land of Palestine. We see in Isaiah, Revelation rather, the 11th chapter, the beast and the false prophet in Jerusalem occupying Jerusalem, and of course we see other prophecy in the book of Isaiah of Assyria and Egypt, Egypt attacking from the south, and Assyria attacking from the north, and they are attacking the land of Palestine. In Isaiah, the 14th chapter, verse 24, here's another prophecy. It says, The Lord of hosts have sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, so it shall come to pass, and as I have proposed, so shall it stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my land, that's the land of Palestine, and upon my mountains tread him underfoot, then shall his yoke depart from off them, and his burden depart from off their shoulders. We read that in Isaiah the 10th chapter. 
that the Assyrian puts his yoke upon Israel. This is the purpose that I have proposed upon the whole earth, and this is the hand that is stretched upon all the nations. So here is another prophecy of the Assyrian coming into the land of Palestine, and God defeats the Assyrian in his land. And we look at the second coming of Jesus Christ, and he defeats the beast in the land of Palestine, because the beast gathers all nations. Two, Armageddon, the valley of Jezreel, the uh, the gathering place, and then they come down to Jerusalem to fight the Lord at his coming, and of course Jesus Christ comes and fights the beast and the false prophet, and of course throws them into a Gehenna of fire. God says, I will break the Assyrian in my land, and upon my mountains tread him underfoot. Jesus Christ is going to defeat the Assyrian in the end time, who is the beast, because Jesus Christ fights the beast at his second coming. And we go all th through all that in our booklet, Germany and Prophecy. We want you to get absolutely free of charge. All you have to do is log on to our website at BritishIsrael.ca. I wish I had more time, but these we have to go now, but log on to our website. And this is Peter Salemi saying goodbye, friends, and I'll see you here next time on the Watchman Program. All our literature is offered free of charge. Write to us at British Israel Church of God, 171 West Barbara Avenue, Pahrump, Nevada, postal code 89060. Our website address is www.britishisrael.ca. This is Bill Pizzinas saying goodbye, friends.